This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went? Start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about the iconic Sumida Watercress Farm, launched in 1928 by Makio and Moriichi Sumida, at least five acres of uh, the Springland from Kamehameha School's Bishop Estate today continues to thrive, surrounded by a concrete world and jungle, and of course, just below Pearl Ridge Center. I am very pleased to welcome to PBS Hawaii, Emmy Suzuki. Emmy and her husband, Kyle, took charge of the business in uh, 2020, fourth generation to do so. So, so happy to have you here. Uh, welcome to PBS Hawaii, Emmy. Thank you. Before we get started, let's go you in. So I went to Roosevelt High School, but not in Manoa, in Seattle, Washington. Wow, okay. Yes, but my parents, they were both born and raised in IAEA, so my, my mom graduated from IAEA High School and my dad graduated from Midpac, so we still have the connections. Well, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Roosevelt, so not the Rough Riders, well, but... Well, still Rough Riders, really? but Seattle. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a coincidence. So part of, of course, the Roosevelt uh, history, but... Um, but in Seattle, they have a Roosevelt yeah, Rough Riders as well. Roosevelt Rough Riders, but green and gold. Green I was a gold. cheerleader, so okay. I had to, yeah. That, oh, you were a cheerleader? That. Yes. <laughs> so, you know the school, so the school song. I was worried you were going to ask me yeah, about so that. Yeah, so you know I ask people I know. to at least oh, sing I'm, me a verse, But please. my voice is so bad. So this is, I don't want to like ruin it, the podcast You know, today. Kyle is laughing over there. So he either agrees with you <laughs> or he's saying, uh, no, you're a good husband. You're smart. <laughs> but please, just hum a verse. Just like, Fight on for Roosevelt High School. Okay, that's all I'm doing. That's really <laughs> yeah. bad. That was basically spoken word. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate you doing that. Thanks for being game. Um, and again, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. You know, um, take us back because it is Women's History Month and you are a strong woman. And from what we understand, you've had generations of strong women in your family that have led this iconic family business. Share with me. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I mean, first of all, I I feel like I'm just getting started in this journey, so I, I'll I'll prove my strength over time. I promise. Okay. But um, but definitely, I do come from um, a lineage of just awesome women. Um, starting with my great grandmother, who was really I think the backbone of our our farm and that business. She was the entrepreneur, as my father has told me over the years. She was the one to not just start. Um, start this idea of, of the farm, but also she helped to uh, start a bunch of different businesses. Fun fact, she had, she started a Takuan business called uh, SF um, Takuan, which still I think exists. It's not our brand, but um, that was hers way back um, four generations ago. Um, but then my grandmother, um, Norma Sumida, she, uh, she was really running the books and the business for the farm for the second generation. My, my grandpa was the face of the farm. He was wonderful and great at that, but really she was running the business. Um, and then as the third generation, my Auntie Barb, Barbara Sumida, she ran the business again quietly, um, definitely was not the face of the farm. There was, you know, other, my uncle David, he did a great job um, representing the farm publicly and has 
done a ton to you know to help our farm but um, but yeah she was running the business so just a long line of great great women who have run the business with integrity and such um, strength and perseverance through so many crises. So many changes. So many. So, so much. Uh, thank you for sharing that history with us because there is a just a rich history of the farm itself uh, and that's kind of an untold story uh, yeah. that part of it um, because I remember grandpa for many years and mm -hmm. I shared one night I stopped by the farm and I was having some work done at the nearby Sears Automotive and Grandpa said, come on in and have a beer. And uh, next thing I know, it was uh, it was a heck of a paina that he used to throw. That's Quite my often. grandpa. That was happy hour at Subida Happy farm. hour. Continued right into, oh, into the night and into the morning. Um, but that's for another podcast. You know, you took over the uh, the business with Kyle and uh, Kyle City right next to, to you. And, and you folks took this over when Auntie uh, got ill. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, you still have to raise your hand. Yeah. And not everybody does that. And, and whether it's a family business or not, uh, you folks said, no, it's, it's our turn and this is our responsibility. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, for us, we really started to think about the future of the farm when we had kids of our own. So our oldest daughter is now 10, almost 11. And um, once we started bringing her to the farm as a baby, we realized you know, how special it is to have this in our family. Um, but there really wasn't a succession plan. Our, you know, our generation was never raised to say, hey, you will take over the farm at some point. So my cousins are all amazingly talented people and kind of went in their own directions away from the farm. And I you know, really realized there was no, no plan for who was next. So um, in about 2018, that's when Kyle and I you know, looked at ourselves and said, okay, what do we want to do you know, with our own careers in life? Like we have worked in corporate jobs for, you know, at that point, you know, 10, 15 years. And we said, what, what do we want to do next? And, and we realized that the farm represents so much of what we're passionate about, whether it's you know, community, feeding people, nourishment, you know, education. And it really was a good match, you know, for us professionally as well. So we raised our hand and we started a nine-year plan to take over the operations and the management. And, um, and, and we were really only on about year three or two when my auntie got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. So everything kind of, um, you know, changed in that moment and, and our timeline escalated really quickly. Yeah, things expedited very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but talk about, um, you know, understanding what that was going to be. And then, oh my gosh, here comes a pandemic. Uh, you had a steep learning curve, but you folks have, have taken this to a whole different level already. Uh, take us back, though, because this spring water is pristine. It's, it's clean. It's, and it's one of the reasons for the success of this, this uh, farm. In, in, like we said in the beginning, a concrete jungle. I mean, Pearl Ridge is right above you. Yeah. You're surrounded by buildings. Uh, it's a different environment from when uh, great-grandma and great-grandpa started the business. But how have you been able to th survive and thrive this farm sits in the middle of, of, of concrete. Yes, I mean, I, yeah, and when my great-grandparents first got the lease from Kamehameha Schools, uh, it was all farmland. So it, it was perfect. It made sense. And then, you know, over the decades, that all changed. Um, but, 
you know, I think for us that connection, as you mentioned with the springs, I mean, that is our life force of the farm. And without the springs, we don't have a farm. So we're so fortunate that we have these freshwater springs and we've been working really closely with the University of Hawaii to do research to make sure, you know, that the water we're finding, you know, more about it so we understand, you know, how to preserve it, how to ensure that, you know, we can continue for not just one generation, but hopefully many generations to come. Um, but, you know, UH confirmed, you know, that the springs are actually directly coming from the source, so from the aquifer. So um, we're able to continue to survive as long as obviously the aquifer is intact um, and we're able to keep going and, and we're really, really grateful for that. Um, and despite all the, the development around the area, um, you know, we, we do our best to try and keep keep the farm as it was um, because we know that's what works and we know that's what produces the best watercress in the world. In the world. Yeah. Talking about world class. I mean, not I'm not biased because you're sitting across from me. It's, <laughs> it is the best watercress ever. Oh, thank you. Just you. put a little bit of shoyu and a little mayonnaise mm -hmm. and however you want it, pork tofu, whatever. Uh, it, is, it is delicious. And, thank um, you. You know, I always wondered, I, every, I drive by it every day, by the way. <laughs> I live in Pearl City. I literally drive by it every day. And I always wonder, first of all, what it would be like to stand and to help, um, how long it takes. Oh I mean, I have so many questions it's about the, so the, the, uh, the farming and the harvesting part, but that's where your workers come in. Oh. And you can't not get this done without no. dedicated, loyal people who have been in, that, in the trenches, if you were, for decades. Oh my gosh, our crew is the best. Uh, my uncle has always thought of them as his family. And so that's kind of how, you know, I was raised too, that they were like our family. And um, some of them have been with us for like since I was nine years old. So they are amazing. I mean, we have one, Orlando, um, who has, he's going to celebrate his 76th birthday coming up in March. And he takes 200 pounds of watercress in a wheelbarrow multiple times a day, hand washes it. I mean, he's doing four to five tons of watercress a week oh my just by hand. So, I mean, what they do and they show up, you know, this last week with our storms, you know, they show up rain, storms, wind, you know, heat, every element. Pandemics. And they get yeah, pandemic and they keep working and making sure they're feeding Hawaii. So That's I'm awesome. really, really, really honored and, and proud to, to even be connected to these hardworking people. I'd never forget that. I know you won't. I know that's been in, instilled in you from as a young child, but that's the resource. I mean, yes, the water absolutely. is your resource. There's no doubt about it. But the, people, the people, the people are what you invest in. Um, uh, I'm going to get to some other science <laughs> side of it all because I'm fascinated uh, by, you know, there's global warming, there's threats of salt water, there's all kinds of threats that could potentially affect your product. Um, but take us, for those who don't understand, and it includes me, how does watercress grow? I mean, what, are you planting it? How long does it take before you can harvest? What's the yield that you have annually, if you don't mind sharing? No, it's uh, Just tell me some of the things that uh, makes that place just, it's, it's just a vast land. But when you think about it, it's not that big no. for what you folks produce. You're so right. You hit it right there. Um, I mean, we have 10 acres now. Originally, my great-grandparents leased five acres, and we've expanded a little bit. But, I mean, with 10 acres, we're able to supply 90% of the island's watercress, over 200 tons of watercress a year. Wow. So, um, yeah, for That's us. That's a lot of pork tofu. <laughs> a lot of like, pork watercress soup, watercress all soup. our favorites, yeah. yes. 
So uh, yeah, it's it's incredible what we're able to do with such a small amount of land. But um, but yeah, so from the start, what's what's amazing about watercress is it's um, really sustainable. So we don't use seed. We actually use clippings from other fields. Um, so excess watercress or or just um, you know any type of um, extra watercress we have, we 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 cut and then we replant with the clippings. They propagate themselves and grow. It takes about six to eight weeks to grow um, in an ideal situation. Once you introduce rain, you know, elements like, you know, long humid days, as you said, global warming's really affecting us in summer. Um, there's a number of things that stunt its growth, but in ideal conditions, it'd be about six to eight weeks we harvest and the process starts over. So in a way, the watercress you eat today is actually a connection to the past as well because you're actually eating watercress that's regrown from wow. other areas. There's not a new seed or anything. So if the watercress you know, dies off tomorrow and we have to start over, you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily taste the same because we don't have a seed to regrow. So generations, generations. if you will, times, yes. multiple. Wow. So you have to time it because <clears throat> if you drive by the, the farm, you can see that oh, this area has been harvested, this looks like it's ready to go, I'm guessing. Yep. Um, but that's what I, I see uh, when I do a drive-by. Yep. Um, in fact, the time I was with Grandpa, he gave us a short tour, <laughs> me and my buddy Alan. I um, that. That's a, as much as I remember of that night. But no, it's, 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 it grows year-round though, right? I mean, your watercress grows year-round, does it yes. not? Yes, okay. so it's a year-round crop. I mean, our, our, actually, we're right now about to start what we consider now watercress season. So our best time in Hawaii is to grow right around end of February through about early June, um, right before the summer really kicks in and we get our really long, hot days. But, um, you know, in the past, it really was truly a year-round uh, crop, but it's changed a little bit over, especially since 2015. Um, but... But in general, we're still very fortunate to have essentially watercress year-round. So production does decline in the summer months? Yes. Yeah, we call it the summer decline. Oh, really? And we've okay. been trying to educate more through our website and our social channels around that because a lot of people kind of ask, well, why don't we have watercress? I can't find it in the stores. And, you know, I think the more we know about how our food is grown and, and the challenges we face, then hopefully you can appreciate it more when you see it at the store, not you, take it for granted. <laughs> yeah, you, you said a couple of things that, that I, I always think about your great-grandparents when you start talking. Uh, one of the things you talked about was science. Mm -hmm. uh, you also talked about social platforms, which, <laughs> of course, meant nothing uh, in 1928. <laughs> no, yes. But let's start at the science side because you are learning more. You're mm -hmm. getting input from the University of Hawaii. Uh, and, you know, you're learning about all of these things that are coming to play now with global warming. And, and of course, we have king tides that affect, yes. I'd imagine, the, oce uh, okay. the ocean. And, of course, our, our water that you receive in the springs, does it? Right. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So how do you keep pace with that? I mean, are you are you micro marine biologist? Uh, how do you, how no. do you from the, embrace the science of it all? No, I was a communications major. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, I my my career background is in in sales and medical device sales. So it's uh, it's definitely not um, something I, I was raised, you know, to know how to farm. I can barely keep a succulent alive at home. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been, you know, learn on the job. But the really lucky thing for us is that we have farmers. Our field crew is our farmers. They're amazing. Um, we have, um, you know, a field uh, operations manager, Mike Ichiyama. He 
walks the fields twice a week and is and really every day actually and is assessing the fields and helping us plan for pest control management and and we have so many great vendors and partners we work with. We have engineers who help with our sprinkler system and you know, special electricians who can work on our special machinery. You know, So there's just so many people we work with. And I just learn every day something new. I bet. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is, is we have one crop. So that makes it a little easier. A lot of farms out there have mm -hmm. to know everything about you know, dozens or hundreds of crops. We really just have to know watercress really well. Um, and and through the even the last two years of my crash course, our crash course in um, in learning about the farm and the business, we realized you know that that we've become our own experts just mm -hmm. by going through a lot of things. <laughs> I bet, I bet, especially during the pandemic, and mm -hmm. egg really took center stage uh, for sure and carried the day in many ways for families to be fed. Yeah. And I, I I applaud our farmers for taking us through that rough period when they could have, could have easily just plowed it right back into the ground, mm -hmm. uh, but they rolled up their sleeves and said, no, we need to feed Hawaii. And I, you were a part of that as well. Yeah. I mean, your, your, your family's business was. Uh, you, you mentioned so, social platforms. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, great-grandma and great-grandpa have no, no. idea what uh, uh, LinkedIn or, or TikTok was at yep. the time, but it ha it's a part of your business plan too, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, back when we, you know, it's actually 2021 is when we finally got all our stuff together to actually launch our website and our Instagram and Facebook for the first time in almost a hundred years. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, it would be funny. Everyone would call us for information at the farm, you know, on the landline, and um, you know, they would say, "Is there a website where I can look this up?" And we didn't have one. So, but it was important to Kyle and I that you know our our watercress is premium. We know it's really good, so we didn't want to just you know launch some janky website that we threw together, you know, with with no 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 development, you know, understanding. Um, so we put a lot of time and thought into what we wanted to share and how we wanted it to be shared. So um, hopefully anyone out there, you know, that follows us on Instagram at Sumita Farm or, you know, just looks at our website, um, hopefully they can see that there's a lot of love and care that was put in there, as well as the watercress that they eat. It is evident. You folks did a great job. Um, and I'm not in any means an expert on website development or social media for that matter but it is it's easy to navigate it's it's a beautiful site it's Thank you. Uh, a lot of beautiful pictures but the history side of it I, I really appreciate because you can really learn a lot um, and that's part of storytelling yeah. is what we're doing right now yeah. um, it's part of who we are as a as as a state and uh, the yes. families and that's how orally we tell stories your 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 story is a rich one to be told and so I'm really grateful that you folks are here um, not just because I had beers with grandpa, <laughs> um, but no, that you that. guys raised your hand. Yep. You know, and there's a lot of families who, who businesses that are not carrying on and no offense and nothing about the children just not yeah. wanting to do that. It's hard work. It's really hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's pretty cool to get your toes all dirty. Is the water cold? It's cold. Yeah, yeah. it's about 67 degrees. No kidding. Yeah, even in the summer, it stays pretty cool. So it's really nice when you're, you know, you're just been working a long time and you can, you know, just, you can actually drink from the springs themselves. They're so fresh. So sometimes, you know, if I'm really hot and I just need a little refreshment, you can just have a little, you know, a little, little moment there. <laughs> I bet. Uh, it's, it's that clean. Yeah, yeah, very and what, clean, and what yeah. a gift it is that you folks have. Yeah. 
Thank really, you. it really is a gift. And because, um, you know, somebody could say, hey, let's start our own watercress farm. But they need the water. That's yeah. the resource. That's the source of everything, right? Water. We um, would love if they would. Yeah, we would love if we could replicate it more, and yeah. and that would be wonderful for everyone. But yeah, feed it's more hard. People, but you folks are doing an incredible job. Thank you. And, and you and Kyle should be applauded for that. I really do. I respect that. Aww. That you folks have changed your careers. Really, a young family, growing a young family, came home and and said, "It's our turn." That's that's huge. Well, I think for us, it. It became apparent after, especially we launched our social media platforms, is that, is that it's about the community. So, so I think we've, you know, I was raised very much to understand that we are only a small part of a long history um, of the land, and so, uh, but, but really, like I, I knew we were important to the community, but until we were able to share our story more with the community, I, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, this isn't just about us. You know, it's not about just continuing on so Sumita, the family, can say we're at the fourth generation. It's it's about people like you sharing stories and saying, you know, I went to the farm or maybe, you know, with my kids on a field trip, you know, <laughs> back in 1998, and now they have kids of their own or whatever it is. You know, it's just, it's really cool to see um, see that that connection beyond just our Sumita family yeah. and know that, you know, we get to help continue that on. Well told. Well, well said as well. Um, you know, just FYI, I've been here for several of your generations. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've watched your watercress farm grow, thrive, go through changes, not just in leadership, but, of course, in, in all kinds of things that Hawaii has gone through you know, statehood, <laughs> all that stuff, you folks have gone through it. Um, but now that you folks have it, you know, your message to women out there, um, you come from a long line of strong women. Uh, what's your message to young ladies who are entrepreneurs or, or in line for family, family business? I think, I mean, wow, that's a hard one because I feel so, uh, I feel like an imposter giving advice on that. But I, I do think, you know, in general, it's, it's, it's an incredible, you know, opportunity we have right now. I think um, when my grandmother and even my auntie and especially my great-grandmother were running the business, you know, they really weren't thought about as much because, um, you know, it was a different time. You know, people thought that men were supposed to do this, you know, especially run a farm. Right. Um, so, so I, we have daughters of our own. We have another one on the way. We unexpectedly found that out recently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we have a lot to, to, to live, you know, and, and, and bring that legacy forward. And so I feel a lot of the weight on my shoulders to represent really well, like my previous generations did. But I think it's a great opportunity right now to, to step up and, and to be a part of something really important, whether it's carrying on a family business or being a part of your community and giving back and, and doing what you can to, um, you know, just make our society better. But I do think, you know, it takes a lot of help. And I think that's something as women we oftentimes struggle with is asking for help and 
relying on others and delegating. Um, it is sometimes easier to do it yourself, but thanks to you know the team we've been able to hire at the farm and keep you know with our field crew, and then with my husband, um, even putting our kids to work at this point, you know, that's what makes us successful. Um, I don't think we could do it at all on our own, and so I would say like just lean on your community, lean on your loved ones to help you through and and just know we're we're capable of so much. We're capable of like you said all the things that this farm has gone through whether it was World War II or it was, you know, multiple different hurricanes, all kinds of different, you know, challenges. Um, you know, my my auntie said having a optimistic or positive outlook was key to her success. Um, and getting through those obstacles. So I think just having a positive outlook, leaning on your community and staying strong and knowing you can do it and, and get through anything, I think that that's our, uh, that would be my message. <laughs> you are an, of understanding of your responsibility and it's very clear that, that you understand that role that you, that you uh, have raised your hand and embraced but also understanding a huge responsibility that comes with that. So you're there. No. You're not an imposter. Oh, and please, uh, just one more question. I mean, is, is when you look at this incredible history, we're coming up on 100 years, right? Yeah. Coming up on 100, 100 years. 100 years, yeah. Wow, what, a, what an opportunity to celebrate a decade. Yes. Uh, excuse me, a century, a decade. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> okay, decades. How's that? Um, What's the plan? A hundred years. What What are you folks thinking of? You're going to go big. We got to have a party that Grandpa would be proud <laughs> of, right? Yes. Thank you. And we're going to invite you okay, and I'll the crew. <laughs> we're going to yes, we have to do something special. So luckily, we have some time to plan it. But yeah. um, but yes, no, we definitely want to do something special. I think uh, there's for us, it's about thanking people. You know, I mean, especially in these last couple of years, so many people have come to our rescue and to our help and have supported us and cheered us along when we thought we should just give up. So um, so for us, if we can take any moment, I mean, I remember when my grandpa turned 80, we threw this huge party for him because he said, I want to celebrate my life when I'm alive. I don't want to celebrate when I'm dead. So, um, so sounds, I think- Sounds it, familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he guy did not have any problems celebrating yeah. in life. So, yeah. um, but I definitely want to make sure we take the happy moments and make moments of it. My husband really is good at like reminding us that we have to enjoy the moments and, and celebrate and create experiences, you know, not just for us and our yep. family, but for the community. So stay tuned. And if you follow us, you know, we'll definitely make sure to share the ways that you can be a part of the celebration because it's not just about us. It's really about this island and, and, and the community here. Beautiful. Well said. Kyle, you knew what you were getting into when you <laughs> married her? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle is uh, respectfully sitting next to his <laughs> wife uh, in audio podcast land. But yes, um, I know you're proud of, of your wife and, and the job that she's doing and the choices that she's made, you and her, but especially her. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Ron. It's been a pleasure. Emmy, and and um, congratulations Thank to you, you both, uh, but also to, to continuing this legacy and um, good luck to you both Thank and you. continued success. And um, I'll bring the Bud Light next time I stop Awesome. <laughs> yes, bring it. <laughs> All right. Uh, mahalo nui for joining us, folks. Join us next time, next week, another episode of What School You Went. Until next time, ahoy ho. 
What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.